Alright, here we go. This is first episode of Who Cares About Anime. My name's Johnny Lobo, and today I have with me two of my very good friends and peers in the, uh, the anime viewing and critiquing world. First one here, been a friend of mine for, for a few years back, and we've uh, also done uh, numerous podcasts together uh, in the past. So here he is, River. How's it going, everyone? And also very talented and uh, a buddy from way back when. We have Peyton here with us, and hopefully um, he's going to be joining me throughout the run of this podcast, however long that may be. So uh, say hi to the boys and girls, Peyton. Yo, yo, Hawker Show. Wow, that blows me out of the water. Man, did you... Uh, I know, so deep, so deep. <laughs> did you plan that before he came in here? No, no, that that just kind of... Uh... That the, the puns just flood from me sometimes. Wow. <laughs> All right, here we go. And uh, if you uh, were unable to tell right now, based on the uh, the layout or the title of this episode, uh, it's just our opinions. So it's just like the points on whose line is it anyway. That's right. Opinions don't really matter. They're just our opinions. And we just want to talk about uh, series that we like, characters we like, maybe characters we don't like. And uh, to that end, every episode is going to be something different. Today, we decided to start out with, uh, we're having quite a hard time deciding, and uh, we wanted to start out with something that, just something that we all have seen. And uh, the wheel kind of spun around and stopped on Yu Yu Hakusho. Maybe we'll do like a reverse alphabetical word or something, only time will tell. Anyway, um, and for those of you who don't know, Yu Yu Hakusho, classic shonen staple of the 90s about uh, young spirit detective Yusuke Urameshi, and uh, he's enlisted by the spirit world to basically keep the bad guys out of the human world. And of course, bad guys are uh, demons and all other sorts of uh, supernatural beings. Uh, if so, here's the part where if somehow you found yourself here and you haven't seen Yu Yu Hakusho, you have been warned. Uh, I would suggest this is where you stop listening to this and you go watch it because it's, uh, it's a great watch. With that said, I think we'll, uh, we'll just get right into it here. And... Uh, first question I had here for you guys to help facilitate discussion is uh, what served as your introduction to Yu Yu Hakusho? Like uh, when and uh, what were the circumstances around your first viewing? And uh, I think I'll go ahead and start with Peyton. All right. Well, I mean, I, I think I, like a lot of other people, got introduced to Yu Yu Hakusho via the Toonami and Adult Swim simultaneous run on that they had going and uh it, it took me a little while to get into it at first uh i was at an age where you know wasn't supposed to be watching anything on adult swim but of course you know that never never really works so ended up getting introduced via toonami saw the good version the uncensored version on a uh, adult swim and just really got hooked uh i just uh i saw one episode and it just really blew me away the art style if nothing else I, I really appreciated it and then the fact that they managed to make a fighting anime that had a really solid story behind it just really really made me happy I, I mean I was a huge DBZ fan at the time I totally ditched it for Yu Yu Hakusho and I feel like I am a much more well-rounded person because of it because this uh the, it pretty much hooked me for about four or five years after that uh, just like Payton here, I was actually introduced to the show via uh, Late Night Toonami and Adult Swim, 
And uh, I remember the first time I watched it, I didn't pay attention to the name whatsoever. And the first thing I saw was the episode where it was Genkai's tournament of all things, right? And I saw the part where the guy who was supposed to be a monk of some sort turned into a demon and then shrunk Kuwabara and like broke his arms. And that was the first introduction to the show I had ever seen. Needless to say, I was a little shocked, but I was intrigued at my age. After that, I kind of completely fell out of watching the show, and I didn't even catch the name for like four or five years. I just, I was, I would tell my friends there's this show I used to watch that had this crazy demon hunting guy who could shoot blasts out of his fingers, and it was called Spirit Gun. And uh, eventually, I saw it on Toonami again, watched the first episode, and I, I found it. It it all came flooding back to me. And uh, from there, I just have ever since been an avid fan of the show. And just, it became a part of me for the longest time. It was probably my favorite show um, in the anime department for at least a year and a half. I also have to interject and just say that I find it amusing that everybody's first memory of like an episode of Yu Yu Hakusho is something extremely violent, like... You know, someone getting their arm broken or mine is like the uh, little eye dude in the Saint Beast's labyrinth getting sliced up the middle by Hiei. <laughs> I'll bet uh, I'll bet that's true for a lot of people. Uh, yeah, it was something like that that really uh, stuck out in your mind about uh, about Yu Yu Hakusho. And there's plenty of moments like that. Um, I think what uh, similar with uh, a lot of Toonami stuff like uh, Tenchi Muyo. Um, I kind of had a, a rediscovery of sorts, and I think it was, of all things, Kuwabara and just that w- wonderful uh, persona uh, that uh, Chris Sabat brought to the table. Yurameshi. I can't do it worth Jack, but uh, I, I, the, that was stuck in my mind for some reason. But uh, but three for three. Uh, uh, it was also uh, back on its, its run in uh, early 2000s on uh, Cartoon Network and uh, Adult Swim. Which, by the way, if you want a surefire way to catch young people's attention, just name the block of programming Adult Swim and tell them it's the same with the pool. Like, yeah, tell kids that you can't do something. It's just going to make them want to do it all the more. So, yeah. And then, of course, I I watched it again. I believe they they then uh, incorporated more fully into the uh, prime time block of Toonami. I think they had to censor it a little bit there. But... You know, I remember actually, uh, for me, Yu Yu Hakusho was one I was fortunate enough to be right at the start. There was a, a lot of other Toonami shows like uh, River said here where, you know, you kind of, you would catch one, an episode of one uh, midway through one day on TV and, and you'd go, what is this? I, I, I want to see it. I want to see the whole thing. Yu Yu Hakusho, and uh, this goes back to... Uh, Tagashi's uh, original work uh, as well um, is just they they knew how to hook you. They did a really good job of it because I remember and I remember of course watching the dub and uh, Kent Williams was the was the narrator provided for that did a fantastic job earlier role for him and uh, I remember the uh, him introducing us right at the start and he said he was saying something like uh, he said this is our protagonist Yusuke Urameshi but the thing is he's dead. And, you know, I, I was, uh, yeah, uh, I was younger at the time, early teens. Uh, that just blew me away. I'd never heard something like that. I'm like, whoa, what? Usually when you watch something, there's always that, 
well, that uh, impending peril that something bad is going to happen to the protagonist, but of course they can't ever actually die. Nothing ever that bad happens to them. Uh, all the Saturday morning cartoons that I was watching at the time. And here, that's how it starts off right off the bat. And you're like, wow, where is this going to go? Please give me more. So so that, that was my introduction to it. And uh, it, it did not disappoint throughout the whole rest of it. It just built up from there. Well, and I feel like Kent Williams just is such an amazing, amazing voice actor. I feel like he lends an air of like credibility and like this really sweet hook to any show he is a part of. And I think without him doing the consistent narration and like the, uh, you know, outro and intro, it, it really wouldn't be, I mean, it's already a great show, but it really wouldn't have had quite that sustaining power that it has. I mean, I... I actually, this is one of the few shows where I looked forward to the what's coming next segments. Absolutely. Um, whether it's uh, uh, people know him from uh, m uh, one of the things he did more recently was uh, Space Dandy on there. Uh, he's the uh, antagonist there. And also, I think, uh, though it was, uh, it was sort of implied, you know, they used the framing device of, uh, I believe it was implied, it was like omniscient narrator. Um, so you really did have this feeling and, and Kent Williams has that voice of like, you know, it's almost like the voice of God. And, uh, and, uh, so I think he was also to that end, well casted for things such as uh, deus ex machina in future diary. But anyway, uh, let's get into basically characters and wherever you want to go with that. Some ways to guide you here. Uh, how about starting off if you have a favorite character or characters and then going off from there, is there least favorite characters or anyone you didn't really like um or is there some uh, a villain that you loved to hate and uh it could be the same as a favorite character or different what was there uh when you were watching it um whether then or now uh was there any character that you kind of identified with in a certain way whenever it comes to characters that i could identify with i honestly always identified with kuwabara because realistically I was always that guy. I was always the secondary friend in the background who kind of provided support for uh, my other buddies. And he really reminded me of myself and his uh, determination to be a bro, if you will. He also had some amazing character development from being just a punk to being just an ultimate epic fighter who had almost a knight's version of chivalry. And he was honestly... One of the, <laughs> I love how the writer made him important to the story, especially after the second season. Whenever he was the only one who could cut through, uh, what were they called, territories? Yes, yes. But um, essentially, whenever he was the only one that could do that, I was just like, they they gave him an ability that was crucial to the entire story, and he essentially, by proxy with his ability, was the key to either bringing the world's destruction via the demon world or <laughs> nobody could get through the Kakai barrier. Uh, villain-wise, villain-wise. I would have to say, honestly, Sensui was a villain that I loved and hated at the same time because, sure, Tagoro was brutal and dark and outright just crazy berserk-level madness going on with his uh, whole soul-sucking muscle thing that he had. But since we was a very psychological villain, he, I mean, he divided his personality into seven different parts. 
and each one of them contemplated with each other to make him feel better about doing what he did. And that is the definition of being absolutely insane and their mind just completely slipping. And it doesn't even come off as pretentious as, yeah, this guy's crazy. Like, literally, you feel sympathetic for him because after what he's witnessed, they said it the best in the show, his line of black and white with morals completely turned gray because he didn't know what was good and evil anymore. And honestly, anybody in that position would realistically probably have the same idea and would probably have their whole world shattered around them. He was he was a very realistic villain, and that was the best part of the show to me, was their entire fight with him and how he he even knew he was terminal. And he just wanted to do what he was doing because he wanted to see it through before he died. It was just beautiful. It was be- it was phenomenally written for that entire arc. Chapter Black was just the best arc of the whole show to me. And he was the character that made it. And not to mention he had an amazing nickname, Black Angel. Just, yes. Other than that, um, I would honestly say Hiei was a good character because he was... He was one of the few anti-heroes that wasn't just a misunderstood villain kind of character. He he literally was not a good guy and could care less about anything but, but himself. And you don't really see that anymore. It's usually the kind of character like, uh, let's say, I don't know. Name any show with an anti-hero that secretly had something bad happen to him and it turned them bad. He didn't really have much of that, save for... Sure, he was abandoned as a child, but that wouldn't really make him want to seek out uh, being how he was. He was just raised to be ruthless. He he was raised on the streets, if you will. He's he's that kind of character. He just looks after himself and nothing more. All right. Well, as far as I'll start off, kind of the way uh, River did here with a character I relate to. Oddly enough, it's not really a main character that I. Well, I, I have a couple characters I relate to, but one of my relate to most, particularly when I'm in my uh, more hyper days, I really relate to Jin, the uh, wind demon from the Dark Tournament saga. He's just very, like, he's not a bad person. He's not really a good person either. He just he just kind of is going with what he feels right about. And I just really, something about that and, like, the really talking fast, hyperactive thing, it just really jived with me. I've always got you know a lot of flack growing up for you know talking too fast or this or that or the other and well nobody can understand you and that's the same problem he runs through in that series and that always just kind of uh in a weird way kind of made me relate to him and then on other days uh as far as main characters i i really relate to karama a lot the uh kind of dual nature kind of like you know you've you've got a lot of things you'd rather forget you had but yet you don't want to forget you have them you want to use them you want to you know make things work for you as far as overall favorite characters i, I really like those two i really enjoy he i think I, I would agree with everything river said i think he is just a really the more they delve into him the better he gets and you know fun fact you know he wasn't planned to be a main character i mean he you know he was written as a minor villain and he just was interesting enough to make him a main character and i i love that and i love that he just grew as the series went on. Um, honestly, as far as other favorite characters, of course, enjoy the main ragtag group of heroes, but uh, I really enjoy Chu from the Dark Tournament, especially when he comes back later on. And he's still just a, you know, a, a 
drunken boxer. He's still just a drunken mess. He doesn't get that much stronger. He's just he gets his butt handed to him in the demon tournament. And I, I, I just I love that it's it's a very honest character. It's a very like he is by no means a best fighter around, nor anyone that will really make any major relevance. But I think the way he is handled, I I just think he is amazing. And uh, as far as people I love to hate, I really did enjoy uh, Bui from uh, Team Taguro, and uh, I, I thought he was really well made. Not sure how I feel about Karasu. I always am on the fence about him. I, I want to like him as a villain, but yet I don't. Uh, but as far as other villains that you know, kind of love to hate, kind of thing, I really enjoyed Rando, the uh, you know shape shifting demon monk child thing that was referenced earlier trying to get all of Genkai's techniques. I, I thought he was uh, another one that could have probably had a little more of a story arc based on him and it would have been would have been pretty cool. So yeah, that's that's uh, my overall take on the characters, although I can't really say I can pick out one favorite character because it's just a really rich cast. Yeah, uh, I'll agree with you there. And uh, um, <laughs> yeah, Chu, I believe... Um... I believe that was also Kent Williams, and uh, they, they had some fun uh, with him and Jin and some other characters in the dub. You know, like uh, he, he's just this, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's just this this brawling drunkard, and they make him, oh, hey, you want to fight with me, you sky? Hey. Like I just <laughs> giving him an Australian accent like that. I thought that, oh, that was, was uh, beautiful. Right? That was beautiful, <laughs> and then the Irish accent for Jin, I just can't, I, I can't even imagine not having that. You know, going back to watch the subs, I can't imagine not having them with a very distinct accent it's just so well made <laughs> i think there's some uh some room for creative liberty there because you know well why would a demon have a irish or australian accent well why would they be speaking english or japanese or anything for that matter right exactly and it just the the accents were so over the top but it fits so well with the motif of this series yeah man you know uh i guess uh just what you guys said kind of got me going on uh, villains. I think most, if not all, of the villains were uh, were uh, something to be reckoned with in the, in this series. And uh, one for me, I remember what just really stuck with me when I uh, first watched this series and I was watching it on Adult Swim was uh, I, I know it's more more uh, nowadays they you know they'd want to say it more proper like uh, Togaru, but uh, uh, the Taguro brothers, and I love saying the Taguro brothers because it just that sounds like some sort of uh, uh, old Western outlaws or bandits you got to watch out for. And uh, just the fact he was this big Terminator-looking dude, he was, and he, he could just, you know, whenever the need would arise, he could just get bigger and stronger and more powerful. And uh, and and uh, and just the way he'd be largely remorseless all throughout everything he did. Like he was terrifying. Um, absolutely terrifying. Um, uh, also, I believe uh, river, you brought up uh, Shinobu, you know, just when you get through the, the first, uh, you get through the, uh, like, Oh, there's a uh, rando of course, but when you get through like the dark tournament and you just think like, wow, where do you go from there? And then you get this villain Shinobu who terrifies you in a whole different way. And um, I, I just, really stuck out with me was uh, his backstory and very much like he couldn't really cope with uh, the gray world we all live in uh he was very much black and white there's right and wrong yes and no and nothing in between 
he was very much that way as well in terms of he started out uh, something Yusuke could relate to. He almost he should have been like a mentor figure to Yusuke, uh, starting out as a spirit detective, a prodigy, but uh, unfortunately going down a different path there. And uh, I just remember, I, I, I couldn't say for certain that they were intentionally going for this, but I remember when they were coming into his lair after uh, defeating the rest of... Uh, what do they call them? The Sensui Seven, the other psychics, you know, uh, that were working for him, and uh, and he's just he's watching the television, not even paying attention to them as they're coming in, and he's kind of doing this, uh, just this this monologue of a madman, if you will, and he's watching this. Uh, it looks like a war movie, and it kind of to me looked kind of like a like a Vietnam era, you know, probably going for like an American looking movie on there. And uh, it kind of reminded me something of like Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now, where you know their their the, the journey. They finally made it to the boss's lair, and that's where. Just in case there was uh, there was any room for doubt in your mind up until that point, it's kind of revealed like, oh yeah, you know, you you are insane. Uh, much like you guys have said, I, I really enjoyed about all of the characters in some way. Um, he is a badass. Kurama's a, a, a badass. I mean, like, I, I, I love Kurama. He's probably my favorite character. I really identified, um, which is rare for me, I'm finding out, but uh, I, I really, a lot of ways, identified with Yusuke. I, I loved his relationship with, uh, with, with Genkai, uh, the, the student and mentor relationship they had, um, and almost the fact, one, I, I really like the fact that it was Genkai, and she was a woman. To a, being a mentor to a young man. You don't see that nearly as often as, uh, you know, the karate kid dynamic of uh, the old master and the, the younger uh, apprentice. And it's usually a male uh, mentor figure. Uh, but so Genkai kind of filled in the role of his absent mother in that way um, a lot of times. And that really stuck with me when, uh, you know, Yusuke is very much like we all are when we're young and uh, you're kind of just energetic and going in every direction. And Genkai tells him at one point, concentrate on what's important and then stick to that. Commit to it all the way. And that, that stuck with me. And, and Genkai, absolutely one of, my, one of my favorite characters in anime in general, really. And uh, boy, when, uh, when, when Taguro had that meetup with her, that was, uh, those were some feels there. All aboard the feels train. And uh, speaking of characters, lest we forget... How about what is surely to be many people's favorite incarnation of the Grim Reaper, who was anything but Grim? Botan, what do you guys think? Well, honestly, like, the first time I watched this series, when they, they you know, started off with the Grim Reaper, I kind of had Yusuke's, like, reaction to it of, like, seriously, you're the Grim Reaper. And I was, like, almost let down when I first saw it. But then, you know, as, you know, young teenage boys, sitting there, oh, you know, I don't want a happy, bubbly, blue-haired girl to be my Grim Reaper. But, you know, as I watched the series, I really felt bad about even ever thinking that because she is such a rich character. I mean, yeah, she's bubbly, she's goofy, all these things, but she's got so much emotional depth to her. And she is so there for all the characters when they need her, even though she may not be, she's never the strongest. She's never the, like, the smartest or the swiftest or anything like that. But she is just always there when the chips are down. She very much is like the character that cheers everyone up whenever they're out of the trough, even though she has her moments whenever she gets really down. And I think the Dark Tournaments had the best representation of this whenever she would play around 
do her cat impersonation, and then whenever she felt Genkai's energy leave, spoiler for viewers who haven't seen it, who decided not to leave at the beginning, <laughs> she act, she played it off as she was fine, but then she went to the bathroom, turned on the sink, pulled out, pulled the Tenchi forever, and basically cried her eyes out. That that was real, and I mentioned it earlier, but that was real emotion. That was. That was heart-wrenching to see such a positive and bubbly character fall internally like that and to get so down. And she just, for being a secondary character, she was absolutely phenomenal. And, like, really, the show the show wouldn't have quite have been the same without her. I mean, you could say that for all the characters, but Botan in particular was just... She kind of kept everything lively. Like, whenever I hear the opening to the show, the Smile Bomb song, the first thing I think of is Botan riding on that oar that she has. Oh, definitely. And then, like, how many people, I mean, maybe this is just me, but I have heard so many people with the ringtone of, Bingo! Bingo! You win the prize! Gosh, she's, uh, yeah, she was fun. Um, like you guys said, bubbly. But she was very much part of the team throughout the whole thing, and even though... You know, she could have had this very detached view of things if she's, you know, uh, quintessentially the Grim Reaper and deals with uh, spirit world matters and uh, escorting people on the river sticks and, and death all the time. You would think she might be really jaded to it or not really care all that much about uh, Yusuke's plight or journey, but uh, she really does. And uh, she was another example of kind of a maternal figure. For Yusuke earlier on, um, and you, you, uh, that's something I really like with uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. You know, he's a young man and uh, growing into a young man anyway. And and but his his interest is, has been uh, Keiko for the entire thing. And sorry, Keiko, we we didn't bring you up a whole lot, but there's a whole slew of characters that we just didn't have time for. And but she was she was his love interest um, even when he was. Still at that age of uh, what? No, <laughs> girls, whatever. But he he's surrounded. Um, it, it's not blatantly obvious, but Yusuke is surrounded by female figures. A lot of times older, and um, and uh, it's very much a way to um, to fill that void that unfortunately he uh, didn't really have a father figure, um, which is kind of why he latches on to rise in the way he does uh, in kind of a weird way. And uh, and a mother that um, was also very distant and not very responsible and didn't really, you know, raise him all that lovingly. So, you know, Botan was yet another, you know, another substitute for that and uh, or even kind of like a big sister to uh, to Yusuke and kind of chiding him or scolding him at certain points along the way. And so she was uh, she was fun. And uh, she, yeah, she just gave a lot of spirit to the show. Alrighty, let's uh, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, and of course, everything is in, in your opinion, obviously. And uh, we're referring just to the anime here. Um, as people may or may not know, there's, uh, there's a couple OVAs, two feature length. Well, the Golden Seal may not be, but anyway, there's two movies as well. And uh, of course, there's the original manga, which uh, anime slightly deviates from towards the end there, uh, but they and basically the same place. So anyway, anime specifically, um, what do you think were some of uh, what do you think were some of its strengths and weaknesses, if it had any weaknesses, and uh, and and just things like that. Your opinion of what uh, 
what worked really well, is there anything you would have done differently, things like that, and uh, we'll start with Peyton. All right, well, I guess as far as uh, things that went well, like th that that's a pretty never-ending list for this show. I, I thought the animation style in general was absolutely gorgeous. Um, the storylines overall were really, really solid. I, I'll touch on that on the overall part here in a minute, but uh, uh, I thought the Dark Tournament series was probably one of the best like fighting anime setups I have ever seen. Uh, puts DBZ and a lot of those to shame. I'd say the biggest strength of this series was in its characters and in its character development, because despite the fact that a lot of the series is spent fighting, even during those fights, they are developing each character, even when there's not you know necessarily storyline progression. There is an intense amount of character development that you just don't see out of a lot of series in general, let alone out of a lot of modern anime or out of a lot of fighting anime. Um, it managed to really be over the top without being quite G Gundam level, which I could appreciate. And uh, it really gave a different way to look at a fighting anime. I mean, how often do you get someone that's like, you know, worried about ghosts and spirits and demons rather than, you know, like, you know, one, one gang against another or one martial arts master against another. It just does, it doesn't really happen that often. Like usually you either have one genre or the other. And I thought that was a really beautiful blending in this series of those two. And also the whole uh, rating system that they have of, you know, you could be a B class demon or an S class demon or this or that or the other. And same with humans. Uh, I thought that was a really interesting way of like pooling people together. So you knew kind of where they sat without actually saying this person is stronger than X person. Um, as far as some overall weaknesses of the series, I do feel that near the end, they started kind of losing it a little bit. They they basically just said, all right, we need something to wrap up the series. Let's make it another Dark Tournament spinoff. And while that is fine, I feel there were a lot of other things they could have done that would have wrapped it up a little neater, that wouldn't have been quite so um, anticlimactic, as it were, especially since all the characters we've been introduced to so far, all these characters that have trained their hardest to, you know, get through this tournament, blah, 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 none of them ends up winning it. It's just some character we meet for a few episodes before that. And granted, I know it's supposed to be the point of, oh, you know, the, they're still big bads, bigger than the big bads we already know. Yeah, we get that, but it really felt kind of like a kind of like a cheap ending to what was already a beautiful anime, and it just really kind of diminished the impact of some of the characters. Um, also, I'm I've watched the last episode multiple times, and I I am mixed on my feelings about that. I feel like it was a very strong ending. I'm glad they kind of brought the Yusuke Keiko romance to a close officially, like set it up for that. What it was, great. I thought it was really well done. Um, I really loved the twist of Hiei falling for someone and staying, which is not something we had seen from him. That kind of loyalty, that kind of show of devotion, I thought that was really strong. But on the flip side, I felt like a lot of things that were done were kind of ways in order to make everyone have a happy ending rather than actually deal with it the way the characters would have done it. So um, overall, I guess overall assessment, really strong series, really strong characters. Not so great of a final season, especially after Chapter Black, but overall, definitely would recommend it anyone that wants to see it. 
I'm gonna have to agree with uh, Peyton here on every single uh, every single point because what Yu Yu Hakusho did right was its character development. Because sure, you had other fighting anime, you had DBZ, which I'm not too big a fan of. You had stuff like that, but Yu Yu Hakusho it had mystery to it. It had lore to the way the demon world and everything worked that was actually easily accessible and not just an ex it wasn't used as a point to fight with it was used as an actual background setup the emotion oh my god the emotion in the show was real and i, I got choked up a few times like uh whenever kuwabara faked his death at the end of the dark tournament whenever um Tagoro missed his vitals with that hit i I was legit distressed about that because the show knew how to grip me with amazing characters and amazing writing for those characters. Or whenever Kurama had to make a decision to defeat that one kid who was one of Sensui's seven psychics. Kurama did not like to do that. And then the elder Tagora brother just rubbed salt in the wound. And eventually that led to his demise with the sinning tree, which was probably one of the most brutal finishers to a villain i've ever seen in an anime thus far um whenever it comes to what should have changed the last season or the the three kings arc was probably <laughs> it was rushed in my opinion it they could have done so much more with it like like whenever they had all the tournaments they would have like five fights at a time it was basically the dark tournament part two um, it would have been cool if, say, they gave it like an extra 30 episodes, right? But at the same time, it would have been amazing if they had made it to where Yusuke has to travel to each of the places individually, right? And he has to fight them or get them to join him. But in the end, we got them voting who becomes the next Demon King after Ryzen died. And uh, it was a little lackluster, but I do like that they handled it in the way that he doesn't win. That was very interesting, and it kind of showed, even though as far as Yusuke had come and how strong as he got, he, was, he, could, he could still have been beaten and still had a lot to learn. And it was a very good, almost life lesson to teach that no matter how good you are, there's always room for improvement and to never stop at what you're doing. Otherwise, you may be swept under the tide of the newcomers. And that that goes for pretty much everything in life, and that's what it showed me. And then this, they could have brought in a lot more with hell. They could have given Hie a lot more uh, development. They could have given him at least five episodes for his entire arc with uh, Makora, or whatever the um, Lord's name was, one of the Lords of the Demon World. Makora. And Makora, yeah, and he would have. That would have made more sense for him to have stayed down there for her. Like, whenever he stayed in Demon World, I could have, I kind of saw that happening. He didn't like staying in the mortal world very much, but he did it for a reason that felt kind of alien to his character. Uh, if we had seen more development and maybe a romance sort of budding a little bit more blatantly, like I'm all about subtlety, but if it was blatant, or a little bit more blatant at least, I would have been okay with him staying down there for his reasons. But uh, in the end, we got what we got. And it's, it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, no. It, it was still really good. And that last episode has one of my favorite endings of anime history. But as a whole, the, if I was to rate the seasons, the first three would get a 9. 
and the final part would get a seven. It it was good, but it didn't hold a candle to what they had done before, and it's very hard to like. Whenever you get done with the Dark Tournament Chapter Black, it's really hard to live up to what you have built up to, because you can't really get any higher than what they just did in those seasons. But you know, that's that's just my personal opinion. If they had stretched out the last season, maybe have done a little bit more with the plot development, maybe not have made it a tournament. It, it could have been a good last season. It would have held up to uh, Chapter Black, in my opinion, but I don't think it could have surpassed it by any means. I think by that time, we were just pretty much at a point where we had reached the apex of how good Yu Yu Hakusho was going to be. All right. That was all very good points, and um, and uh, I, I've, I have heard that... Um... Uh, somewhat frequently, because I think it is a, a very valid point about, uh, especially after those first two arcs, like you said, the, the Three Kings arc in the anime felt a little little rushed there, particularly the tournament, which, again, they, oh, they did a tournament again. Uh, oh, okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, very good takeaway, like you said, and what a twist where, unlike Dragon Ball Z, which uh, I'll try to redeem our cast for listeners out there, I, I, uh, I loved Dragon Ball Z back in the day um but unlike dragon ball z here hey our main character didn't win and he's, he's you know that happens in life and you you have to you have to be okay with it yourself and and be able to to move on get better um but but ultimately that happens in life and uh again i think as mentioned though it was rushed the ending was uh pretty much as the manga uh intended and uh some plot points uh, later on of, of the manga that were not in the anime uh, were somewhat, it seemed like they were somewhat reused to me in uh, in the, the, the films, particularly the kidnapping Quenma aspect of the Golden Seal and the, uh, you know, oh, the world is doomed element of uh, fight for the netherworld. Uh, which also, by the way, I think one of the movies, I think the Golden Seal, as of right now, has only been dubbed by Funimation and so has the cast that we're familiar with uh, but both of them, they were dubbed in English before the Funimation version of the series that most uh, listeners out here are probably familiar with. So I've seen some people comment like, oh, you know, when they find the films, because uh, a lot of times people are more familiar with the series than, than, the, than, the, than the movies. Uh, they'll find them on the internet and go, oh, what? they didn't get the original cast back. How could they do that? Why didn't they? Well, hold on a minute. Look at when it was made, and look at who made it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I I really like it. Went into the, the the three kings arcs. We got to see more into the backstory of characters like Kurama and Hiei, who were very enigmatic up to that point, and and still very much are. Uh, being you know demons, they're going to have an interesting backstory, at least compared to Yusuke and Kuwabara. No offense, guys, but I didn't particularly like. Uh, though I did like. I did like uh, throughout it, you know, like uh, S-class uh, demons and stuff. Those are just kind of a cool ranking. But I didn't really like the uh, they 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 were getting two DBZ power levels and uh, they basically had you know like scouter type devices that could measure them. And I I didn't care for that. Uh, it, it, the, the the series didn't need that. It, it was well established up to that point with the pre- preceding arcs. It, it didn't need that. Um, you would just know, oh, this guy's this guy's a badass. He's strong, or this guy's 
train harder than me or that, you know, uh, Shinobu, he's a spirit detective, but he's older than me. So he basically knows everything I do, but he's had more experience. So yeah, other than that, um, you know, it, it is, uh, as you guys said, and we probably wouldn't be singing its praises even today as much as we are right now uh, if, it, if it wasn't uh, worth hollering about. And it is. It's, it's, a, it's a great watch. Um, and I would say for any generation, because it's that, um, you know, I, I see sometimes uh, with, with other peers of mine watching stuff, especially kind of at uh, our age, um, where Shonen has kind of uh, lost its luster a bit, or they've seen too many, or they've kind of outgrown it. And that's that's fine. That's normal. Uh, that's what Seinen's for. <laughs> but um, but there's there no matter what age you are, I think there's a joy in seeing something, even if it is done to a T, just executed perfectly. And I think, I think Yu Yu Hakusho basically is that with uh, maybe a few of the critical exceptions that we brought up here, but hey, what doesn't have that? But um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's classic shonen to a T and just executed phenomenally. And uh, it's a legacy. It went on to, um, of course, uh, series creator Yoshihiro Togashi went on. Uh, he did Hunter Hunter or Hunter X Hunter whatever Japanese with X's are weird like that a lot of times. It could be Hunter Cross Hunter. I don't know. But, um, and then uh, also went on to very much inspire the likes of, uh, you know, the Shonen for the next generations, if you will, Bleach and uh, Naruto. I believe the, the creator of uh, Naruto, his name escapes me right now, but uh, he has, uh, you know, directly named Tagashi as inspiration for his work in Yu Yu Hakusho in particular. So it uh, very much like uh, it's... Uh, sibling if you will dragon ball z of that era and uh paving the way for shonen anime everywhere uh in japan and the world it definitely has uh, has some lasting legacies so i guess now we can just uh open it up the floor to general discussion i guess uh one thing i'm i'm interested in because we've all made the dbz comparison which the 90s era you kind of like you you can't do shonen anime without referencing dbz it's just one of those things but I, I I found that Yu Yu Hakusho had both some great parallels to it and some great uh, great ways that it spun off from that vein of Dragon Ball Z. Which let me also, as Johnny Lobo mentioned a few minutes ago, yeah, I'm I'm also totally on board. I loved Dragon Ball Z growing up and everything like that. As much as I may, you know, compare it and kind of knock it, I I still do love it. And I'm just interested to kind of hear what uh you two as well think on uh some of the ways that you you kept going with that vein and also the way it just really made itself unique. I, I think something that strikes me here and just thinking about what I loved about particularly my televised viewing experience of Dragon Ball Z, which I'm sorry, that's a thing of the past uh, with anime nowadays because um, you can, and, and I do it too, absolutely, you can go on uh, your streaming sites or the internet and uh, and just binge on a series, you know, watch the whole thing. But uh, I remember when, when watching Dragon Ball Z, the buildup to the villain that you had, you know, stretched out over an arc, you know, the buildup to the fight with Frieza. It, it uh, is agonizing sometimes, and but it was also terrifying. You're like, oh, no way. They're going to fight this guy? No way. And so that buildup, the longer you got to wait for that, it, it builds them up in your mind as a, as a spectator, and it makes them just that much more intimidating. And uh, I think uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, a lot of times did a great job with that. Uh, like Rando, he was uh, he was a cool villain, but not a lot of build up to him. But you know, he wasn't though he was an arc. I think in the manga and arguably in the anime, he he, he wasn't 
quite to me like uh, like for example I said uh, younger Taguro just the the build up they had to this guy to where you know you would see him take somebody out or you would see them uh, in the tournament take out their opponents without breaking a sweat or when you found out that oh that time remember when we uh, we had that moment in uh, with Yusuke and Kuwabara where we bonded and we 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 defeated the bad guys to grow. Yeah, they, that was staged. They that was nothing. So I think that was something that Yu Yu Hakusho. I think definitely was its own um, in in that way. But but that was um, if we're looking at comparisons, that's that's something I definitely got from that. And I think you you don't quite see as much of that anymore. A lot of Dragon Ball Z and granted uh, on, on television at that time uh, would throw it'd be in the realm of filler what they would call it but i don't particularly like using that because people are ambiguous or not sure what that means and you know also implying that oh it has no purpose well sometimes it does in terms of makes you wait you gotta wait and uh you know not like a uh a lot of times it is put in there because they just gotta stretch stuff out or uh or or for other purposes like that but a lot of times there's um there's build-up for a reason, and Yu Yu Hakusho, though I wouldn't say it really had a lot of filler, um, I don't think. I, I think it was very uh, streamlined in that in that way, but it did have build-up and uh, to very effective ends. Honestly, with uh, any parallel to DBZ at the time, I would honestly say that it's the whole vertical progression idea. Everybody gets stronger over the course of the show. Like, I mean, a lot of shows do that as a form of character arc, and outer development but dbz and yu yu Hakusho both had one thing in common and that was they see their opponent the audience freaks out and wonders how they're going to fight them they train and get themselves ready to fight them and then they build it up and then the fight happens and fireworks go everywhere uh yu yu Hakusho fit that to a t but it also managed to throw in a lot of emotion in there whereas dbz a good analogy would be DBZ is like watching a fireworks show on YouTube. Yu Yu Hakusho's fight scenes were like being there at the show. And it's the way that I um, always saw it. Like I got more involved with the fights to Yu Yu Hakusho because the stakes felt more realistic. They felt more... I thought I was going to see something that would distress me and that would just ruin everything for the characters. I was afraid to see them die and lose which that doesn't happen a lot and even shows today like uh the only other show that i could think of that happening was Razafon, um stuff like that and also i could say that you can make a parallel to jojo's bizarre adventure a little bit because it had it had gotten pretty big at that time but uh the only parallel i can make to that is the over the topness just the fist of the North Star. Everybody has amazing abilities. They just get better and better with them as it goes on. It's just that uh, Yu Yu Hakusho didn't have overly buff guys that were. Because JoJo, I love it to death. It's probably one, uh, my second favorite Shonen show. But everybody in there looks like Broly. And <laughs> uh, Yu Yu Hakusho didn't do that. It was down to earth, but it was still over the top at the same time. And I just appreciated what it tried to do. And tried to be something different, all the while kind of nodding to different shows that were big at the time. I totally agree with you there. And 
just just thinking of the way they kind of distinguish themselves I, I also appreciated the fact that you know with shows like dbz or some of these other fighting anime you get a lot of like fight scenes that have similar moves of like punch 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 block 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 and like long scenes of you know breaking mountains in half and uh you know slamming into things that like are the same moves that you know are going to show up in every major fight and sometimes with a boss, sometimes just in training or whatever. It's going to be in almost every fight. And I think one of the things I appreciated about Yu Yu Hakusho was that each fight was very unique. It was as unique as the characters themselves because there was never just a, okay, Yusuke's in the battle. It's going to be spirit gun, spirit gun, spirit gun, hit him against the wall type of thing. No, it was every enemy is looked at differently and every strategy is different. And I thought that was something that... You know, even at the time, I was appreciating the fact that no other shonen really takes that amount of time to make the person's whole style different based on their opponent. And in real life, that anyone who has ever been in any form of martial arts or in, you know, just regular fights, street fights, you know, you do not just, you know, pull out the same set of tricks every time you watch your opponent. And I thought that was something that was just really artistically captured and just really wonderfully embraced in this series <laughs> no wonder you like uh, Kurama that's uh, that's very much his fighting style he's got to wait and watch his opponent before he makes his move oh yeah I mean you get that and I mean one of my other favorites of the time was kind of the same way was the Kenshin from Roroni Kenshin just that whole like wait wait watch and then you know move and uh, most successful combatants will tell you that is Half the battle is knowing your opponent. You got to know yourself. Yes, that you'll lose every battle if you don't. But if you don't know your opponent, or if you don't take the time to know them, you're gonna get hurt. I think we'll, uh, <laughs> I think we'll be touching on that one sometime in the future, and uh, can also bring up some great uh, kind of anime for, uh, or excuse me, uh, shonen for the next generation, um, and uh, all about yeah, applying your uh, different facets of. Uh, your teachings and applying things eclectically to overcome your obstacle, whatever that may be. And that's what uh, a lot of shonen fighting anime is really all about. And uh, Yu Yu Hakusho certainly is no exception there. I was also really impressed with, right off the bat, kind of the climax of the Dark Tournament arc was very much, Yusuke, you got to get strong enough. You got to get strong enough to take on the... Uh, is to grow, you know, he's a mountain of a demon, and uh, and uh, and he did, and he rose to the challenge and put his body through all that duress, and um, with Genkai teaching him, but then it's a big change at the start of the next arc, uh, the uh, chapter Black, and you have these psychics involved, and uh, you know, Genkai employs uh the uh, that uh, the trio of psychics i don't have <laughs> i'm sorry boys i can't remember your names it's been a little while um but she uh you know she employs them to uh, as sort of a test for yusuke and and the other uh the rest of the crew in terms of there's going to be times when sorry dbz but just getting stronger getting bigger punching harder is not good enough or it's just it's just not the right solution to the problem i mean you had guys where um, his uh his one, his his territory, his psychic power was once you with his shadow he could uh, once you were caught, you you were completely immobile and there's no way you could move. So it doesn't matter how strong you are there. Uh, same with uh, the other one who uh, Karama ended up defeating in a in a battle of wits. Good thing they had Karama on their team for that. Um, 
he lost pretty quickly. <laughs> um, and his rule was in his territory, can't do anything violent. And you just can't. Doesn't matter how strong you are. Those are the rules. So I, I really loved that they, it was very, very, again, the parallel to DBZ, sure, or, or a number of fighting anime, shonen anime, what have you, that a lot of your Yuhaka show is about commitment and training yourself and getting stronger. But Tagashi knew that um, there's more to life than that. And sort of as a young viewer, when you're watching or reading and you get past that, now it's time for just like Inkai did. It's time for the next level. It's time for the next lesson. Sometimes you got to use your brain. Yeah, and it's it's kind of comes down to that whole, like, I've heard the comparison before of there's a difference between being a fighter and being a warrior. And I feel like, you know, the characters in DBZs, they're referred to as fighters, the Z fighters, all this stuff. And that's very fitting. I mean, they're, they're very strong. They're, you know, they're good at fighting, all that. But the difference between that and a warrior is a warrior is just as much mental. It is, it is knowing war. It is knowing the art of combat. And there's more of that in Yu Yu Hakusho than I have seen in, frankly, most anime since then. It, it is very much a each character has to get better, and they they don't usually do it through just fighting training. They don't go into a gravity cell and train it a hundred times Earth's gravity. No, they go and they figure out what it is that they're good at. Which honestly, that if that isn't like a you know. PSA, I don't know what is, you know, go out and find what you're good at, find what you're passionate about, and just do it, get better at it. You may never be the best, there's always gonna be someone better. But you can find ways that you can be the best you can possibly be, even if that's, you know, ending of the series, Kuwabara stopping being a fighter and becoming a student and becoming actually smart and respecting himself like that is huge. Absolutely, absolutely. A lot of uh, fun life lessons in there. And you'll find that with uh, a lot of uh... A lot of good anime out there. Um, so, I guess uh, we're probably getting to about that time, gentlemen, but are there any other uh, comments or any other areas of discussion or any closing remarks? I have a good Kuwabara impression. <laughs> Do you? Alright, we gotta hear this. Yumeji! <laughs> that was pretty good, man. It's that one in my Janai from El Hazard, which I will do if we do an El Hazard cast, so the viewers be ready. Oh, as soon as I get through some of the other uh, OVAs and stuff, I definitely want to be on that train. So, yeah. Well, that's that's reason enough to uh, to continue with this and uh, and to listen into future ones, if you ask me. So, uh, I think that'll be it. If you listeners out there liked what you heard, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, we're just going to. Uh, going to be carrying on like this going to be having fun and uh we're going to probably uh switch out the seats as we go and um new episodes will be up when when we get around to them <laughs> we got a lot of other stuff that we're involved in um, and a lot of it anime related if you'd like to uh, check out some of that we're going to put links in the description and uh if you care about anime or at least care about some dudes on the internet talking about anime feel free to subscribe to us here on youtube as well all right, thanks for joining us, listeners. Thank you, gentlemen, for your time, and we'll catch you next time.